0: how you build rivalries and that's how you build atmosphere.
1: Edwards three-pointer is good! This team is right
0: there with anybody else in, in the country. Corner! Corner! They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year.
1: Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Stone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, your weekend, or I'm sorry, how was your week? I guess it's, it's Friday. I'm on the weekend. yeah,
0: no, it's it's good. Uh, I got baseball season starting up for college, so I got my yes. Texas State gear on. Yes. Um, you'll probably be out to the an LSU game soon-ish, if I'm mm-hmm. not mistaken, right?
1: Yeah, we'll get there. Raining we'll get there the eventually. Champs. We'll, we'll get yeah. there eventually. I'm not a not a big baseball guy, but uh we, we'll fair. get there. We'll get there. I went to yeah. one game last year and uh it's a it is a it is a I will say, I mean the, the super regional and all like the postseason stuff there is second to none. I mean it's incredible. Oh yeah, I bet all that stuff. So uh but yeah, baseball season's coming up. Uh we'll see how that goes. And we're entering the final stretch of the basketball season. Mm-hmm. We've talked about it before. Conference season and yeah conference especially and we've talked about it before on the women's side especially i think there's like what, five six games left across the board um yeah. men's as a, obviously a week later so we have an extra a week there um at least in the sec i think it's that way in the other ones too but I wanted to go uh, a little different from where, obviously, we talk about games and teams and whatnot, and I think we could just start having some debates and discussions, and uh wanted to talk about the coach of the year debate. Um, yep. I think it's a really interesting one on both the men's and the women's side. I have three candidates um, both ways that I think are not only viable, but could very well just win the award. And this is just for the state of Texas. For those maybe unclear, we're not doing it by conference. Um, Even though these coaches, I think, will probably win it in their conference. Um, I have three both ways. And we can start on the men's side here. Mm -hmm. So I haven't put these in order yet. I have a tentative order in my head, but we can discuss and debate it from there. Okay. So, on the men's side, in the state of Texas, my three Coach of the Year candidates, Joseph Jones, Tarleton State, uh, Kelvin Sampson, Houston, and Grant McCaslin, Texas Tech. Before we start, is there anybody? I have some, like, honorable mentions. Um, Rob Lanier, SMU, Alvin Brooks, Lamar are the two honorable mentions. Would you throw anybody else in that mix or in, like, the honorable mention class or even in the actual debate?
0: Yeah, that's... I mean I think those are two good honorable mentions I think maybe Ross Hodge is probably just on the outside of that honorable yeah. mention list um just when you compare what he took over versus what those other guys maybe For took sure. over versus the leap that you know they took um man I'm trying to think if there's I think you nailed mostly on the I throw Jim Shaw in there uh from Corpus um, and okay, yep. Yeah, you know he took over a pretty pretty rough situation. I believe they are third. Seven, yeah, the third in the Southland right now. Um, about a game out of second. Looks like Will Wade's going to run away with that anyway. Yeah. Um, with that conference. But um, had to remake basically the entire roster because um, of course Steve Lutz took. I I forgot who he took. If it was Tennyson. No Tennyson. Um, Murdick or Mushila. I can remember. Jalen Jackson um, and
1: uh, Mushila. I think. Yes, but anyways, the, the whole team. yeah, the whole lineup is gone. So regardless,
0: uh, but yeah, um, regardless, yeah, he took took those guys. So, and so yeah, he had to remake the whole roster, and he was able to do that. So they're you know, they they're not as much of a power as Steve Lutz had them. You know, he had them walking the conference basically for two years, but a solid job. So I put him in the honorable mentions. Um, yeah,
1: that's fair. Uh, too... Those that two
0: category. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. So... Yeah. I'm I'm curious about your order because I I have an order as well. I think. I think I would go. I think I would go McCaslin, Samson, and then. Um, uh, it was a Jones. Lot of, um, Joseph Jones. Jones for 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 Tarleton. I think I would go that order because, I think McC- I, in my opinion, I think I can't overlook what. How quickly he's turned Texas Tech around yeah. um, from what they were last year, from the vibes last year, just overall just not good to how they're playing, how different they look, to adjusting to you know the, the, the personnel he has mm-hmm. and doing it in, in the conference. Um I don't want to do do is I don't want to minimize what Jones has done at Tarleton, but I think Kelvin Sampson taking Houston and just doing it in the Big 12 mm-hmm. puts him above Jones for me. Um, literally just all every every question we had about this team heading into conference, I don't say he has been erased, but they've been shown that they've been able to do it week in, week out.
1: Yeah. I had um, Joseph Jones one, Graham McCasin two, Kelvin Sampson three. Kelvin Sampson is the toughest one to rank because they are one of the best teams in the country. Like you said, they're doing it in the big 12. Um, I, these debates or these, uh, you know, um, awards in theory always get subjected to, you know, how people's perception is, I think of a program. And obviously I just think Houston with the foundation that they have set in the past few years, like, Kelvin Sampson's the coach of the year in, te- in the state of Texas over the past five years. Mm-hmm. I think he has that foundation built up to where we did have questions coming into the season about their height, right? Their size, uh, how they would transition to the big 12 without that size. And they've answered every single question, right? Their losses have been close games on the road uh, for the most part, um, besides the Kansas yeah. loss, which was by 12. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, it's been like Kelvin Sampson delivered. I have no problem. Like, that's why I said these top three are all very viable. I just think Mm. he has that foundation to where for this specific year, I don't have him as having done the best coaching job in the state of Texas. But again, he's done uh, a tremendous job. The debate for me was one or two. And Jones and McCaslin is incredibly hard to separate because I think Joseph Jones, to be thrust into this position and not only be thrust into it, But into a position where this team and this program has played a certain way the past three years Mm -hmm. under Gillespie. And for them to have changed that, overhauled that, whether it was intentional or not, they have overhauled that and they have found ways to not only win games, but win games in a really solid conference. And what kind of sealed it for me is I know this is recency bias, but. They just won three straight road games against Utah Valley, Seattle, and UT Arlington last night. Like, that is an incredible run. And so, I mean, four of the last five games have been on the road. They they beat uh, Abilene Christian on the road as well, and then ACU, Stephen F. Austin, and then that three-game run. So they have gone on this run to cement themselves as the second-best team in the WAC. Coming into the year, we had, I don't know where we had them, but it wasn't top four or five in the WAC. We're like, all right, it's gonna be another fun team where we laugh at them for, you know, shooting a bunch of free throws and, you know, having seventy free throw games. They're one of the best offenses, the second best offense in the conference, the best three point shooting team in the conference, and that is a such a seismic change in their identity that I I just I can't overlook it. And they're getting wins from doing that. And so I have Joseph Jones, one Grant McCaslin. You laid it out well um, for them, for him to have. overhaul's is a good word, but honestly, he took all these pieces and just put them together. And we were like, I don't think it's going to work year one. Like, I don't think he'll be mm-hmm. above 500 year one in the Big 12. Right. But like, it's 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 he's got some pieces and he took those pieces and just completely ran with them and been fantastic. I know they had a three-game losing streak in the Big 12. It happens, of Those games were on the road. Um, but, yeah, they're setting themselves up to be like a four seed, five seed in the tournament at the very worst, and seven and four in conference with the home win over Kansas coming off of that. And uh, yeah. now we see where they go. But if they end the year like 11 and seven in conference, I mean, he's the Big 12 coach of the year, him or Sampson, like one of them, too. Yeah. That's my reasoning for that it's, that order. So I think that we have a good okay. debate there, where, where sure, we sure. have Sure, I them. think
0: that right, right. I think that if and it's it's hard to like, I don't know. For me, it's hard to like. Uh, uh, I think they're on the let's see. Ken Palm has them as a six game win streak, ninth longest right now in the conference. The uh yep. ninth longest in the in the country. They do still have an outside shot at you know winning the regular season. Um, they're going to be a threat in the WAC conference tournament. I think, let me see. Do they get one more crack at Grand Canyon yeah, next crack. week? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, again, if they can beat them, again, it was, it was a one-sided game, but Grand Canyon's been that good basically all year. Um, we'll see, right? If they can win the regular season, I think that would sway my vote. And I don't want to make it sound like he has to win the regular. Like, that's such a hard bar. No, but that's
1: a good way vote. of looking at it. What is there? like anything like what would have to happen over the past over the next two weeks? Would it have to be more of a I, McCaslin falling off or would it have to be Jones winning the the conference?
0: I think, I think it would be have to, it have to be more or Samson. Sorry. More, throw him in. More. Well, for Sam, uh, for Houston, I think if Houston just locks up shop and yeah. you know, they went out basically. Like, I think it's clearly him, in my opinion, um, you know, because that, that's an insane – obviously, it's a Big 12, but, like, it is an insanely tough stretch. Texas, Iowa State, Baylor, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, UCF, and then Kansas on the road uh, – or, sorry, at home. Um, so, again, if he, they went out, then, yeah, sure, he, I think he clearly was. But as far as the top two are concerned – or, sorry, as far as Tech and Jones, I think if Jones wins the regular season, yeah, I think he's clearly it. Even if I think he just pushes let's – let's say they split with Grand Canyon. I think if, even they don't have to win. Let's say they just push them to the end. Maybe lose by a game or something, or maybe two games. Right? Maybe they drop to Grand Canyon and they lose by two games, and that's that's yeah. literally the difference between them and, and and winning the conference. If that coincides with Tech, I'm trying to look at their schedule right now. If they drop one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. If they like, drop four, which isn't out of the realm sure. of possibility, Tech. I could see them switching. I could, I could see my mind switching that, right? Let's say they lose Iowa state, which they got this weekend, TCU on uh Texas Baylor. And then they would have to lose a game that they probably shouldn't lose against Oklahoma state, West Virginia or UCF. Yeah. That's not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah. Um, just because we, we've seen how they play. If they're not, if they're not hitting right, they can absolutely get beat up on offense or on defense. Um, so again, if, if, Tarleton. I'm imagining a world where they lose to Grand Canyon, right? If they lose to mm-hmm. Grand Canyon and maybe lose the conference by one or two games, or two in this scenario, and then Tech loses the game they shouldn't, and then maybe loses two or three more. Sure, yeah, I, I can be talked into it right now.
1: Yeah, that would. I mean, yes, if Tarleton goes fourteen and four in conference, and Houston That's loses the- another game or two, and then you know, like but, you said, Tech ends like eleven and seven or something. Then I think right. Jones is is the winner. Um, if if Tarleton goes does worse than fourteen and four, and Texas Tech, like there are ways in which each one of McCaslin and Jones like boosts their resume. I'm not sure how much more there sure. is for Kelvin Sampson to do besides, like you said, I was kind of saying, like
0: more. Aside from running the table, which would be incredible if too. they ran the table. Yeah. I you you, he'd
1: win every award. He'd win the national coach of the year award. Like that, that would be one of the most more impressive. Even if they only lose one more game, if they go fourteen and four in the Big Twelve, they will be probably the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament at that point. Because I, you know, UConn and uh, Purdue will probably lose one 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 or two more games the rest of their way. And like you said, this schedule of if Houston goes on a run of beating Texas, Iowa State, Baylor, Cincinnati, and let's say they lose the last game of the season at, to Kansas or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think Kelvin Sampson very well could win it. Like the, that those three to me are on such a different tier. And with the jobs that they've done, um, I just think like that's the order. One way, however you want to split it. I think that's like those are the top three coaches in the state this year. Yeah. The, yep. the honorable I, mention, I, agree I think those
0: three.
1: Yeah. The honorable mention, I think you were right about. Add Ross Hodge, add Jim Shaw. You have those two and Rob Lanier and Alvin Brooks. And I just, when I looked at Alvin Brooks, it's like, man, we when we started this podcast till or even two years ago, it was like Lamar, oh man, Lamar, 0 18. Like no zero win. Season. They are what you know, uh, Houston Christian is now, like Houston Christian is struggling, and like Lamar has completely gotten to a winning record in conference on the same tier as Am Corpus Christi, like that's I'll say
0: say this, I'll say this, I I didn't call this jump from Lamar, but I remember when they had their first year under Alvin Brooks, and it was like miserable, and I said, "This this team, give this team two years, right, because he was when you talk, again, he took over in 2022, 20, 2023, that season. Go look at that roster compared to the very next year. That is completely stripped down a different team. And that is about, is in the modern era with the transfer portal and all that, that is about, let me see, his first year, yeah, 2-27 and 27 his first year. Right? Mm-hmm. That is insane. And then the next year, 9-22. And, and, again, I didn't expect this jump, but I said this team is doing something right? They were getting, they were building a foundation to do something. Um Granted, now, I think they're, let's see, they went from the last, the worst offense and defense in the Southland, basically back-to-back years, to fourth in offense, or sorry, second in offense efficiency, third in defensive efficiency, right? So that in the modern era of the transfer portal, that's about as bare bones stripped down as you can get. Um, So yeah, no, I, I definitely, I mean, credit to him. He, he, he's deserved his shot for a long time. You know, he's not the, not the youngest coach. Uh, I believe he's 60, but turned 65. Um, Mm -hmm. So like, that's not an easy thing for them to say, okay, let's hire a 65 year old former Houston basketball coach. Right. Um, And they're, they're paying off it's paying off. Um, So yeah, uh, credit to him too. And then of course we talked about Rob Lanier and what he's done that that team last year didn't look like, too much, but then we kind of saw the pieces kind of come together this year. Um sometimes continuity is all mm-hmm. you need, right? They didn't add anybody major, but sometimes just playing together and playing with the same coach for a second year gets gets things going.
1: I think Jamie Dixon was probably on our watch list earlier
0: yeah. in the year.
1: They've they've mm-hmm. you know they've been up and down what I think they're seven, six in conference, something along those lines. Or well, six here, and here's, five.
0: Something I gotta, here's something I gotta I've been wondering about this. I have no inside info, none. Are we on Retirement Watch with Jimmy Dixon? Oh. Because every one of these guys are seniors. All of them, he brought in, basically. Jameer Nelson Jr., Manuel Miller, Avery Anderson, Micah Peavy, Trey Tennyson, Xavier Cork, Chuck O'Bannon, Isa Mustafa. Those are all seniors.
1: He's only fifty-eight. I mean, he's
0: not old, right? He's, 50, he's fifty-eight. He's not sixty yet. Yeah. But I'm like, that is a very interesting. Again, he could just do it again, right? He could just do this thing again where he just brings. Yeah, the there. portal
1: has changed everything in that regard right. because so I would like that, agree with you.
0: Thing, but like, I, I I just wondered. Like, I was looking at this team, and and they have a decent. Recruiting class coming in. Like it's not stellar. It's pretty good. Uh, let me double check on that. They have they're bringing in three, they're bringing in four, four players, um, all upper three star level. So like decent players, but like I was just I, I again, I have no inside info. I'm not reporting anything here, but like yeah. I just saw the team construction and I was like, uh, you think was you this brought his... in like yeah. a junior, like you know, like a sophomore that would have been there, yeah. right? Yeah, this is all in year, basically is what I'm what I'm asking.
1: The portal does change things like that's where and I know we've talked about that before, but you're right. I mean, they are I've never looked at this. They are third in the country in D1 experience. On average, they have three point three five years of experience on their roster. (laughs)
0: Yeah,
1: the average in college basketball is one point eight three for those wondering. So, yes, you are right. This is one of this is the one of the oldest teams in the country. And Jamie yeah. Dixon, he's not old, but he's 58, and this feels like it's an all-in type of years, year, right? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And uh, who knows? Who know. knows how it feels?
0: That was just what something was I saying. threw out there because I was like, that's not something you see nowadays when like that much of your roster is are seniors. You know, that's interesting. I think the only players that are not seniors are Jacoby Cole's, who's a junior, and then Ernest Uday, who's a sophomore.
1: Yeah. All right, so let's flip it to the women's side. Yeah, because this is another, <laughs> this is another uh, yeah. slugfest to me. Uh, three names.
0: I, I'm very fascinated by this one. Okay, go. Three names
1: to me: Vic Schaefer, Texas; Aqua Franklin, Lamar, and Jason Burton, mm-hmm. North Texas. Those are the three to me. Honorable mention: the only one I have d- down right now for honorable mention is Lindsey Edmonds. Rice who sneakily we haven't talked about Rice until Town this podcast they've hit a, their stride a bit 9 and 4 in conference yeah. now.
0: Yeah, I was about to say we could probably talk about them um after the weekend or something cuz yeah. you know they they definitely have been sneakily right on UNT's tail. Um yep. Yeah, I mean uh, honest i am going to throw Karen Ass in there uh as an honorable yeah, mention. Yeah, that's fine. Um they've t- like this I think if you would have came to us in September, October, and said, "UTSA is uh, what are they in the conference right now? Middle of the pack in the conference, six and six, still have a chance to punch into the top six ish." Right? We'd said, "Yeah, that's fine." Right? Mm-hmm. But then we, but then if you would have said they did it without Jordan Jenkins, that would have been like, "Oh, that's interesting." You know, yeah. like that's. I think that's where. I would have, again, I don't think she's in the top three. I think she's there with Lindsay Edmonds though, because of the fact yeah.
1: that
0: last year, this team was all or nothing with their best player and they have not had their best player and they've seemed to still taken a collective step forward. So that's where I would, I would just put her as an honorable mention there. Um, yeah. Because again, I, I, I think you do have to limit her somewhat because they're not winning, but the fact that they're taking the step that we thought they would take without their all conference best player in in, uh on the team has, has said something to me about the job yeah she's
1: done. yeah no she's she's definitely in that conversation um other teams that are doing well steven f austin and Anne corpus christi with the Royce chadwick yeah. so uh, if, you, if you want to throw them in there they're both like nine and three nine to four in conference um sure. having good sure. years uh but yeah. the top three the top three Schaefer, bro oh, i'm sorry Schaefer, franklin burton they all have very interesting cases. My uh, top three. Yeah. Go for it. Oh, I don't want to do this. is the same thing. I know who my three is. I think we'll, I think we're going to have the same three. I don't know, but deciding one is really challenging. And I'm just, I'm just, I'm just going to take Aqua Franklin. Number one, Lamar, uh, Vic Schaefer, two, Texas and Jason Burton, North Texas three. Like that's, that's my three. And, one and two, I can be swayed, but yeah.
0: Really? Okay. Okay. You have Burton high. I was, I was going Burton one. Ooh, okay. Let's hear. Burton, Franklin, then Schaefer Um. Again, like I, I agree. Like I'm about to contradict myself because I, 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 I have the same argument that I used for Vic Schaefer you know, uh, uh, for Karen Assen. I mean. Um, is why I think Vic Schaefer deserves to be in this conversation, right? We, mm-hmm. This is a place where we expect to be tech, see Texas, but without their best player. Yeah. Um, with that being said, I mean, man, you and like, were you excited about women, UNT women women's basketball heading into like Mitchell? aside from the fact that we like Burden as a head coach and we thought that he was a good hire, yeah. were you excited for like? What they were probably going to be this year and year one under him?
1: No, because we didn't, we didn't know. Because uh, again, like Jock Moore, we were like, is she going to be any good? I mean, Tamisha Lampkin, sure. we didn't know about them, and then the transfers, we had no clue. Desiree Colonel was going to be this.
0: Well, I, I and I think that's why I probably put him number one is because it's a lot of names that we know from last year, and they're all better. Like they're just all be- like Tamisha Lampkin, you know great player last year on a bad team. She's been better. Jocelyn Moore. We knew she was a great player at her previous stop. Wasn't Mm -hmm. good last year. She's been good. uh, We talked about Desiree Kernel. I thought it was a solid pickup. I didn't expect her to be this. right. I was like, okay, cool. Another girl from Commerce coming over. Cool. Awesome. She's been off conference. Um, We talked about Deani Robinson coming over. It's like, okay, cool. There's the star. I was like, actually, no, she's going to be a sixth man on this team, kind of. So that to me, that's where, that's where I kind of put him, number one. Because you know I where we the, had
1: a, sorry, you up? know where we had. I'm looking up our our predictions. We both had North yeah, Texas yeah, yeah. six six and twelve in conference this year,
0: right? Exactly. Like, come on, that's where. And right now, that looks like, that looks like closer to UNT or UTSA and SMU. <laughs> um yeah. So like, I I would put him number one because he took over. I mean, what you could say is that, and I could see this as an argument for Franklin. What you could say is he took a roster that was clearly talented that wasn't being coached well, yeah, and and coached them better, right? Like we saw the rosters in the Jaylee Mitchell. We saw talent there; they just weren't being put in situations to win. Um, so you could say that okay, he had better talent to work with, and I could accept that argument. But I think that's also. I think maybe we underrated him as a coach, and I liked him, right? I liked him coming over yep. from college. But I think even I underrated him, having this big of an impact this early.
1: He is the one who's done. What's the word? He's the one who's overachieved the most between these three. Sure. We had we both had Lamar winning twelve or thirteen games in conference. When you say,
0: Lamar was like on a decent upward trajectory. Up, up the, upward
1: trajectory. For Lamar to be winning games and again, this might be recency bias for Lamar to be playing the way that Lamar is playing right now. uh, They last night just took first place of the conference single-handedly 11 and one, they beat Southeastern 67 to 60. And the best part about that win was it wasn't even that close. They were up 22 Mm -hmm. points in the fourth quarter. Lamar was, so they are not only the best team in the Southland. They have put their foot down and said, this is our conference. And Aqua Franklin has just completely turned this Lamar team into being the class of the Southland right now. And that to me is worth so much because, yeah, it, they didn't come out of nowhere, right? We knew Sabria Dean, we knew mm-hmm. Akasha Davis, but like the way that they're dominating games right now isn't the
0: offense by a good margin yep. um they don't really shoot threes well they're kind of None. like they're kind of just because with Akasha Davis they kind of just dominate the inside yep um I believe that they are first in two-point percentage they almost shoot 50 percent from two which is nuts yep. um again they're not a good three-point shooting team they shoot under 30 percent, but they don't need to they rebound the ball they play big and they kind of overwhelm teams um on offense as far as that's concerned so yeah like like you mentioned they're they're just dominating in a way that I didn't expect again we knew there would be a good team and an improved team but this level of kind of dominance that they're playing with has been different
1: yeah I mean again 11-1 and in conference play um, in the non-conference beat UT Arlington beat UTEP um, had a relatively close game with Nebraska, beat Louisiana, um, only lost by 17 to a full-strength TCU team. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is a really, really impressive job um, from her. And if I don't – I see no reason – and this also might be projecting a bit, but, like, I see no reason why they can't end conference season with only one loss. And that sure. – and, like, if they have six more games, they – at the very least, I see them going sixteen and two. Like right. their schedule is also not that difficult, besides Corpus Christi. So, like we're talking worst case sixteen and two in the conference. That's an incredible, <laughs> incredible season um, for her. So yeah, she's that. That's just a. I, I've been impressed with how dominant they are and how, like, we knew about those two players, but then they've gotten help from others and they've built an identity, and that's just really impressive. So. Um, I have Franklin one. Um, I think Schaefer, we, let's see, we've talked about Burton and we've talked about Franklin. Now yeah, we can let's talk about Schaefer now. unpack Schaefer a bit because, like you said, this is a year where Rory Harmon was supposed to spearhead this thing and be your no-doubt number one, play through her. You know, she dictates everything on both sides of the ball. She's on the cover of our magazine, all that stuff. She goes down before conference and – Then it's like, oh, where are we going from here? And I mentioned it at the start of conference. He I don't want to say reverted because they never really got too far away from it, but it became more Vic Schaefer. Like, yeah, the absence of Roy Harmon turned this team even more into what Vic Schaefer is. And I think he deserves a ton of credit for that. I think he deserves all of credit for getting them to be a top five team in the country. Even after the injury to one of the best players in in the country, so yeah. yeah, Vic Schaefer is very easily in my top two.
0: Yeah, I mean, this one, it's not his best coaching job because I think we'll have to wait till March, like, to kind of really assess that. Yeah, um, I think that one. I think his was his first year that he kind of just like slapped together an elite eight team out of nowhere.
1: Well, heck, I mean, yeah, I mean, he made made final fours. He made a final four at Mississippi State, didn't he? So well, I was talking about it's at Texas, sorry. Yeah, at Texas, yeah.
0: Um, I think that was his first year at Texas where he had that, I think it was Celeste Taylor, that team, like somehow made in the lead eight or Sweet 16 or something. Yep. Um, I can't remember which one it was, but that was one of his again, we'll have to wait till March because that's when Vic Schaefer's, you know, really kind of sh- shows out. But regardless, up to now, yeah, I think this has been his best job at Texas so far. Um, like you mentioned, last year we saw how different this team was without Rory Harmon, how much they struggled on offense, how much they struggled, even on defense, right? We know how much she provides them on defense. Um, and the fact that they're not the same team and I don't think they try to be. And I think that's been a benefit, right? We can talk about how Madison Booker is kind of like his perfect player almost um, in how she's a big guard who can also play when they go big. She can play, stay on the floor. When they go small, she can stay on the floor, Um and he's just kind of thrown her, thrown her into the fire in a good way, and she's kind of uh, embraced it. So, uh, yeah, it, it's hard. It really is hard for me to like. Any other year, right? One of these guys takes it easily, yeah. right? Like any other year, like I'm trying to think. Like I know Antoine won last year for Texas State, but like maybe the year before, right? Like they could, mm-hmm. one of these people easily takes it. Um, so yeah, I. Man, it's hard for me to to put Schaefer at three, but I kind of have him there still.
1: Um, It's going to be interesting. Uh, Down the stretch, um, they have Iowa State, Texas Tech, UCF, Oklahoma, BYU. So the Iowa State game is uh, tomorrow, Saturday. Uh, That's mm -hmm. a big game at home. If they can win that, Texas Tech, they should take care of. UCF, I think they should take care of. Oklahoma is the big one because – if like the only chance they have of winning the conference now is if they run the table and that mm-hmm. probably won't win it outright, at least in the regular season. I don't know how many tiebreakers sure. there are, but Oklahoma only has one loss right now. So if Oklahoma loses two more and both end up at, what is that? 15 and three or 13 and three. Uh, Yeah. What is that? Yeah. 15 and three. Um I could see, like, yeah, you can sway me. I, I think I'm easily yeah. swayed. I'm there. If Vic Schaefer goes fifteen three without Roy Harmon, he wins it to me, even if Lamar goes sixteen and two. And that what a dis- what a discussion that is to have two like two right. Texas teams go sixteen and two and fifteen and three in conference. Like, that's it's incredible. Oh, yeah. so, the only yeah, thing so-
0: the only thing that could drop Texas for me is if because right now they're tied for second, right, with West, yeah. which I think West Virginia Yeah. I don't want to say again, I don't want to say pretender, but like we're kind of seeing them when they play other big teams where it's like they're not there yet. Um yeah. under Mark Kellogg, which is fine, right? They they weren't expected to be there first year. Um Kansas State, Iowa State, that's a, those are teams that are in the in the realm as well. The only thing that would knock Vic Schaefer down for me is that that second place spot is so pivotal, right? One loss can all of a sudden put them at fifth, um, or or fourth rather. So yeah. that's the only thing where it's like it's a lot more volatile because the Big Twelve is so much crazier right now. Uh, they end with Iowa State uh, tomorrow. We're recording on Friday. They play Iowa State on Saturday. Texas Tech should be a win. UCF should be a win, but then they have a massive game against Oklahoma, and Oklahoma is right now running away with the conference because everybody else is beating each other and they're still holding on to that one loss. So if there's probably two or three more losses in there i don't think there's three i think there's maybe two um maybe two again i think that oklahoma game is going to be tough and then yeah. iowa state's going to be tough as well um that's the only one that can knock that could like put him like cement him at third right i think he can go up obviously like you mentioned with a incredible run um they don't have to win the conference cuz i think oklahoma will but um Yeah, that's the only one that would like eliminate him from the discussion for me, is if like they drop like three basically. And I don't think that happens.
1: Well, let's look at North Texas schedule because I'm looking at it. This is a tough slate. They have UTSA, Charlotte, UAB. Those are three tough games right there. I don't think East Carolina. They have
0: not played Rice yet.
1: Yes. So that so East Carolina, then Rice, then Memphis. And I don't think East Carolina and Memphis are great. But Rice, like you said, like they very well could like they already lost to UTSA once. I'm not ruling out mm-hmm. them losing to UTSA again. Charlotte already beat them. Uh UAB is a good team. I know that. And then Rice, like we talked about, is at their heels. Like that's on the road. That's a tough game. So we're looking at four of the last six being losable games here. So yeah. there, there is a that goes both ways, right? If they go five and one in that stretch, Burton has an even stronger case. If they go sure. two and four three then or two and four then you know then he's probably he's not in that discussion. I don't I don't think of being number one anymore. But um Mm -hmm. he definitely has a tough job ahead of him with those four. But um just for my thoughts on Burton, I I just the most impressive thing to me and what Jalen Mitchell was never able to do there at all was get the most out of the players. And I think Mm -hmm. Jock Lamore is a prime example of that. I think Tamisha Lampkin uh, is a prime example of that two returners that have thrived and then you get Desiree Colonel and what she's done taking the jump from A&M Commerce to North Texas is honestly one of the most impressive things I've seen this year on a basketball court. Um, because she is dominating games sometimes, like she she has twenty and ten against one of the best teams in the conference, and then the next night Tamisha Lampkin will have twenty and ten, and you're just they're going, they're kind of rotating and you are just super effective on on the inside. So, uh, yeah, Burton is definitely in that conversation to me. Um, we'll see how they close the year out, but to have nineteen wins right now, he's going to end the year with yeah. more wins than Jalen Mitchell ever had um especially in conference i mean this is gonna be one of the best years in north texas women's basketball since Jalen mitchell was a player back in the early 2000s so yeah shout out to to burton he's gonna be honestly like if they end the year strong is he not gonna be like a candidate for like jobs if if they come up i don't know i don't know the women's basketball landscape as well but i'm just saying in theory like
0: i'll say this i think I think this year they'll be fine. I think yeah. this year he does seem like somebody who would stay in the region. Right. I, I say region. Cause I don't want to say state. Cause I think like <laughs> I'm, I'm extending to like Oklahoma, Louisiana, yeah. Arkansas, like that region. Um, he did say that, you know, he's from North Texas area, right. DFW area. So like, I think that's going to play a part. So again, I, I, I think this year they'll be good because I don't see coaching changes happening. Here, I
1: got something for you.
0: Right now. What's up?
1: Gerlich at Texas Tech. Not this year. Not this mm. year. They're fine. They're fine. But I'm saying mm-hmm. next year, if she has another bad year, mm. North Texas has another good year. Could we see back-to-back North Texas coaches heading to Texas Tech?
0: Mm. Mm. That's fascinating.
1: All the way projecting out.
0: You know, yeah, yeah. You know what will be fun, funny, though, is that... He would also be replacing another beloved alum at Texas Tech if he did that. Yes. Because <laughs> Gerlich yeah. was part of the national title team yes. when Tech won in 92. Very
1: national. Uh, so. Yeah.
0: That's interesting. That is interesting because, like, Tech's been fine, but I wonder if they do have aspirations of being more. Yeah. Um, I don't know. We'll just, see. Just,
1: I, like, that level of program, I'm saying, like, Sure, if sure. No, after, I get mean, after I get mean, next year. After next year, because I think you're right.
0: I'll say this. It doesn't look like... Well... I mean... I mean, this is getting way down the line. Um, Does Baylor get a little tired of not being (laughs) what they want to be?
1: This is year three of Nikki Collin? Okay, here, let's flip it. Let's flip it. This isn't... Let's flip it. Because we had this written down I'll as well. I want to
0: make this clear. I want to make this clear. I think she's done a good job. I think yeah. that it's a thankless job that was absolutely going to be one of the hardest situations in the country. Yes. Right? Arguably one of the hard, like literally, Kaylin DeBoer taking over for Nick Saban at, yes. at Alabama. Um, so I'm not saying that she's not doing a good job. What I'm saying is, does Baylor have a have a discussion after next year? Let's say let's say they don't get past the first weekend this year right let's say they lose in round two again right does Baylor start to have the discussion of what are we when Vic Schaefer's down there in Austin doing big work
1: it's a great question because also yeah. I think there's also an element of this if this year doesn't work out and if next year in theory doesn't work out because Dr- yeah. Jaron Edwards and Asia Blackwell are gone right they're both seniors if, if I'm not mistaken I believe so yes um I can double check that, but um, I don't think they have COVID years. Um, Sarah Andrews also like th- this is going to be a very different team next year if they are all once again if they end t- like a-, a game above 500 in conference or two games above 500 in conference and they lose in the first or second round again next year. Like I- again, this is projecting. This isn't even this wasn't even on our hot seat discussion, uh, right, right, template. Right, right? But like we're just talking now, Baylor. Should have aspirations better, higher than that. I think they should, yeah. especially new arena. I mean, like, and then should, there's fact, there's an
0: there's uh, an element. going help to, go that Texas is leaving. It helps that Texas is leaving. Yeah, right. So like, they're not going to have to watch Vic Schaefer do what he's doing uh, in like, conference. But but what happens when is Mark Campbell take over that spot at TCU? Yeah,
1: yeah, right? you're right. No, because then you're also wait. inviting. Colorado's coming in the conference. I know Arizona's not great this year, but Arizona's coming in the Utah. conference. Utah's Utah. coming in the conference. So you're going to be fighting. <laughs> wh- what if they come in sixth th- next year in the conference? And it's like not even that crazy. And the Big Twelve is just really good. Like, like this is this is rapidly becoming like all right, Nikki Collin. And I said this going into this year that this was like all right, this is year three. Like we gave you the first two years off, basically because you know melissa smith didn't fit your system and then year two you had the obviously the Dreon edwards and asia blackwell injury and situations but now this is like you have your full team
0: rotations and all that yeah
1: yeah this is your team and you've had years to build this and it's a good team it's a good team it's not a great team at all it's not a team that i don't think making any sort of final four run um, even if with the parity in college basketball women's game right now. And then there's another aspect of it to where yeah. she's a WNBA person. Like at some point, if she continues to get mediocre results, is there a, a, something in her mind that says, I'm just going to go back to the W or I just need to change scenery? I don't know.
0: Right. I mean, look at you. You talked about the new teams coming in. I mean, Kansas State you ain't going anywhere. Nope. Uh, Mark Kellogg's only going to get better at West Virginia. Yep. Iowa State, you. this is young. This is the youngest Iowa State's going to be for the next three years. Yeah. <laughs> um, Audie Crooks is going to be tearing teams up from the inside for them. Um, I, I don't know what she's averaging right now, but she's killing it as a freshman. So, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, 17, God, God, 17 and seven as a freshman, Audie Crooks for Iowa State right now. Um, and again, those are the type of players that kill Baylor 6 3 post, done, right? Um, so yeah, like I, it's, it's a discussion, right? It's going to be a discussion because while again, in a vacuum, yeah, cool. She's done a great job, right? Like in a vacuum. But when you put the, when you take the, the, the cover off and you see that it's Baylor and you see that it's a team that's not even five years out from their last national title, it's like, okay, well, what, what is the expectation there? How, how long do you, I'm talking about as an administration, as a booster, right? How long do you say, okay, now we have the Mulkey era behind us. Where is the product, right? Like where's the super product? Um, Cause I mean, the one thing, whether or not Mulkey was winning national championships or one thing, the one thing you saw her bring in every single year was stars. Like every year they had stars and even at LSU, they went and brought transfers, but they still got it, Michaela Williams right they still brought in so last year they brought in samaya smith right they still brought in players who you're like oh damn like they got hurt
1: yeah that Elijah hasn't Johnson.
0: been the case yet at baylor
1: you're right yeah um we'll see they'll probably end i mean they have five games left they're seven and six right now they'll probably end 10 and eight maybe they yeah. can sneak to it 11 and seven which would be great but they haven't shown that consistency yet to do that so um sure good but we that didn't have it any- i
0: will be at the game this weekend uh <laughs> with a retired britney jersey <laughs> I think, um, i'll say this and on a serious note i do think that's something that does buy her time is that she is a likable person who's yes. really ingratiated herself awesome. to the like she's not she's not a prickly personality like Moki was no. uh, who you just put up with because she was winning right she's yeah. somebody who's like tried to really instill herself in the baylor ethos and i think yeah. that does like being liked helps, right? It might sound cheesy, but it does.
1: No, it does. Um, this is good because we didn't even have uh, when, when I said, "All right, let's do a little hot seat segment too." We had nothing on. Yeah, we didn't, we didn't even have her on there. And then we came up with two that wouldn't even. No, I'm sorry, we came up with yeah, we came up with two that wouldn't even happen this yeah. year, but for next yeah. year. <laughs>
0: right. So
1: we'll revisit this February of 2025 and see where we're at. Um, all right, but on the men's side, there's actual names here that I think we we can talk about. Uh, number yes, one, starting so. with with Buzz Williams at Texas A&M, because I should have, we should have, we should have just stuck with our guns. Honestly. Yeah. I think we should have just stuck with our guns <laughs> and just stuck with our our discussion we had. in what was that? December of
0: 2022, December yeah. of 2022. Well, we are asking like, what's, what's going on here.
1: We're like, this is what, like you've had now a ton of time and where are the results? So on and so forth. Texas AM in the non conference had lost to Wofford and, you know, Murray State and all these teams. They go on an incredible run, 15 and three in conference, all that just to lose in the first round to Penn State last year. This year, we're like, all right, they return everybody. They're going to be, they're what, top, they're second in the SEC projected. They have Wade Taylor, player of the year in the mm-hmm. conference. This is the year. This was.
0: And even been, like, I'll even say this, they played non-conference better, right? Like it was a tough non-conference schedule. They beat Iowa state. They lost to Houston, but of course, okay, who cares? The one weird one was Virginia, right? I was like, okay, that's a weird loss, but like, okay, FAU was but coming But no, the they NFL. also oh, okay. lost
1: to Memphis at home.
0: Well, I'm saying. And I'm that saying,
1: was
0: like, my first alarm. And looking back and looking back, that's where I should have been more like, Oh, what's happening? Cause again, I think at the time, again, you probably Memphis weren't high good. Memphis that much, but like at the time, you were like, "Oh, Memphis, yeah, sure, yeah. Memphis, it's fine, it's an okay loss." Um, looking back, yes, absolutely. And then I believe, I believe when they lost to LSU, because obviously First you saw game, that game at
1: home, they get blown was, out by LSU. When,
0: yeah, that was when you were like starting. It wasn't a red flag, but it was an orange flag. You're like raising that. You're like, "What's happening here?" Um, because again, I was more like. When you looked at their losses on paper at the time, FAU, Virginia, Memphis, Houston. Not bad. Right? Not bad. Win over Iowa State. They beat SMU, who, again, that that win is actually aging probably better than any win that they have so far. Um and like okay, cool. Iowa State. Iowa Iowa State, State. yeah, that's fair, Iowa State. But like, okay, cool. You looked at their non-conference, you're like, oh, that's night and day from last year, right? Where they played nobody and they lost to nobody. (laughs) Like that is in like nobody's right bad teams. Um But yeah, then they come out, lose to LSU, get blown out, lose to Auburn. What's happening there? Arkansas, who's not good this year? They lose to them. They need overtime to beat an okay Kentucky team. And then when we were talking about it just last week, we were like, okay, they just beat Tennessee. That's awesome. They're going to beat Vanderbilt, and then they'll play Alabama. What happened on Tuesday? They lost to Vanderbilt. (laughs) I texted you. I was like, "Hey, I didn't pay attention to that game because I was like, I'm worried about Alabama. I'm not. I don't yeah. care about this game. Why? Why would I care about them beating Vanderbilt when I know they will?" I texted you. I was like, "Okay, so when are we talk, when are we talking about Buzz Williams, <laughs> because that's inexcusable."
1: Yeah, this is um. So they're now 15 and nine overall, six and five in the conference. Uh, I think they're projected a 10 seed in the bracketage right now. Nine, 10 seed. I haven't looked at the updated, updated one, but. Last I and checked, again, that's where they... People.
0: they lost Julius Marble off last year's team. That's it.
1: That's, that's it. it. That's it. Back. Um, and who was the wing? Uh, I can't even remember his name, the wing that they lost, uh, Dexter Dennis. They lost, but they replaced him with good players. I, I, um, in my opinion, like they, they added, um, Ty Lawrence, um, and you still have way Taylor and Tyrese Rafford who have taken a dip. So, I, I think there's a serious discussion to be had from Texas a and if they end the conference nine and nine, and let's say they make the tournament as last four in, or they make it as a 10 seed or something like that, and they lose first round. I think it has to be over because this is Camp year five, right? 18 and 14. 18.
0: Uh, let me see. Let me double check. Camp yes. Camp this has is a year... 18 and 13
1: now. Yeah. yeah. 18 um... and 13. 99 in conference, you lose in the first round of the tournament. I can't, five, yes. I can't, I can't support that because now, now you have Texas and Oklahoma coming in too. Oklahoma's not great, Texas has been average under Rodney Terry, but like this is the pressure continues to heat up. This is just not five years right now. It's
0: probably Rodney Terry or Porter Moser. I'd rather play for both those coaches at yeah. or, uh, Texas and Oklahoma
1: right now. Yeah, I agree. I agree. I mean, again, five years of Buzz Williams, and you have an nit no championship won. game berth. Yeah, no NCAA tournament wins. If they don't win one this year,
0: the... yeah, I mean, maybe. Dep- it's, again, that depends. You're playing. You're praying on a good draw at that point. If yeah. you're if you're penciling me to, for them to win a game, like, because I'll tell you right now, the way they're playing right now, that's a t- if they get a 10, yeah, no, I'm I, picking a seven in that game. Yeah. Are you kidding me? If they <laughs> oh, play, easy. all right, if
1: they play Texas, you take, are you are on a neutral? Are you taking Texas right now?
0: Yes, absolutely. Because I am. Yeah. Because <laughs> I am. Absolutely. <laughs> who, who guards D- Dylan Dassault? Who guards Max? A- well, I mean, I mean sure, yeah. that, again, perimeter defense is fine, right? But like, they got no answer for Dylan Dassault. Like, is it, why, I mean,
1: yeah, they're 60th in the country in defensive rating right now in Ken Palm, so I don't even find there. Yeah, um, but yeah, so anyways, that's Buzz, That's the Buzz Williams segment there.
0: And, here, and here's the biggest reason why I think he would be gone. He is currently tied for 10th in the country in salary. He is 11th. And I'm going to name some of the guys above him, around him, right? Uh, guys who have let's just say Dunmore, Ed Cooley is 15 at Providence right now. That's his new. That's his new contract. Yeah. That's his new job. Uh, or sorry, he was at Providence. Uh, now he's at uh, Georgia. Georgia. Um, Scott drew is at 16 buzz Williams, 4.1 at 11. The guy below him to uh, the two guys below him, Dana Altman at Oregon, Tommy Lloyd at Arizona. That's it. Those are elite eight, sweet 16 coaches. Eric Musselman, first guy above him at Arkansas. Uh, Mick Cronin above him, just one spot above him. Actually, sorry, tied. Final four coach, Mick Cronin. Brad Underwood. So, again, those are the coaches within like 100K
1: of him. None of them are on the hot seat. Mick Cronin is not having a great year, but like you said, the final four – um like i yeah he's this is a big year he has to win a tournament game make the tournament and yeah. win a game and i'm not talking about a, a playing game i'm not talking about you know if he makes it out 11 and wins that you have to win a, a first round game so right all right three more names here these are less controversial to me well two of them are uh, Scott Perry okay. to me, is still in the hot seat. Rice um, continues to disappoint. We haven't talked him out a, a bunch because I said we weren't talking about Rice anymore. Um, but, yeah, Rice, 9-15 overall, 3-8 in conference play.
0: To, to, your, to your credit on why we're talking about it now and why it's a difference now, they do have a new athletic director. Tommy McClellan took over in August. Um, and as we know with new presidents, new ADs, like sometimes they like their own guy, right? Mm-hmm. And so that's why this year, in addition to, of course, they've been disappointing again, but like they've been disappointing in the past. The reason why this would be different is because of a new AD.
1: Yeah, so they're probably going to end with like five wins in conference, five and 13, and yeah. Evie's going to be gone, Fielder's going to be gone, and you're going to have to look in the mirror and say, what do we want this to be? And I don't think that is the Scott Parra coach team. So Scott Parra to me is obvious hot seat, scorching hot seat. Um, yeah. I always say Scott Henson, but Steve Henson at UTSA. Uh, I just still, them. yeah, just combine them. Uh, We talked about it. They are playing harder this year. They had the run yeah. from... Um, losing to – or I'm sorry, beating Rice, even, heck, losing to UAB. Like their first half of conference was promising. Yeah. And, you know, since then it's been a 20-point loss to Wichita State, 11-point loss to ECU, 9-point loss to Charlotte, and they're 2-10. and 10. And as much as I want to give them credit for trying and actually playing – being solid offensively, um, mm-hmm. gosh, their defensive rating is just painful to look at. Um, but they're 358th in defense, they are abysmal, they're gonna end it with like four wins in conference, and I think that's more than enough at this point. And his his contract's up, right? So is it even firing if your contract I was runs about out? To say, I
0: was about to say, yeah, they're they're they got one choice, or sorry, they got two choices. They can either have him sign an extension with I would love for Lisa Campos to put out that statement, or they can not renew and just say hey look thanks for all you did we both kind of knew what this season was because we didn't have the money to make this happen sooner
1: remember the good times you say fans remember remember, remember
0: javon jackson that was fun
1: javon jackson that was fun remember keaton, wallace.
0: keaton wallace yeah keaton wallace are fun that's good that's good
1: yeah remember the good times um but yeah that one's fairly obvious to me too and then an interesting one here which i think we can expand on a bit. Mm-hmm. I don't think he's on the hot seat yet. But Brett Tanner in year three of at Abilene Christian mm-hmm. has fallen quite a bit. And honestly, I didn't write his name down. Joe Golding at UTEP at this point is I, – I don't think he's on the hot seat. I don't think he's on hot yeah,
0: seat. Yeah, yeah, I think he's another 25 to watch. Yeah,
1: 25 hot, 25. hot seat watch. That's what we can have, the hot the hot list, hot watch. It's, uh, it's but, tough, but, but Brett yeah. Tanner, I think, is actually right now I, yeah, kind I, of on it. I think
0: a hot there's seat. some discussions to be had about Brett
1: Tanner. Yeah. Last year, they went five and eleven in conference, uh, and remember, that's I believe the first year, no, second year in the WAC to go five and eleven. And then this year, they're currently four and nine, so looking like another, you know, six and fourteen year or something like that. Um, right. Does he get another year to try to figure this out? Because i'm always of the mindset of when you hire from within when you promote from within the leash mm-hmm. is shorter to me personally whenever you've hired from within like that's just how it goes because it, you should be able to tell pretty quickly if this is going to work if you hire from within, like ross hodge right clearly you're, boom, you're asking work.
0: them to, you're asking them to right, about to. you're asking them to run it back right you're because asking that's them the whole run point. back. To, right exactly it's like we got a good thing let's keep it going right as he yeah. and ross hodge keep it going um, if Ross Hodge came out and won five games this year, yeah, they are probably cut loose, right? It's yeah. like, okay, cool. We didn't have enough to where we would expect to fall off like this. Um, I think it's the same with Brett Tanner. Like a lot of the Joe Golding era guys, aside from what, Arian Simmons, maybe, um, they're gone, right? Everybody's gone. And so like, yeah. it's a lot of guys that are his players. Um, and I think the thing that's been the most alarming is that the defense is like at its worst it's ever been right like the defense is actually honestly they probably finished last year worse but it, <laughs> let's put it that way the past two years they've, the defense has been the worst and that's been the calling card for this program for the last 10-15 years
1: yeah um and again year one under Brett Tanner when it was the Joe Golding guys they were yeah. really really good again um, they ended the year 25-11. and 11. They won two games in the NIT, I believe it was, uh, before losing to, to middle. And yep. um, they had a good year. So, like, I maybe Golding had a better idea of what it took to win at Evelyn Christian, like the specifics, or maybe he figured out what fit his system better, and Tanner just maintained that for a year. But, yeah, two years.
0: I do wonder, with I, some of these jobs and this may be one of them, I do wonder if we start to have a a question of like, what is ACU, right? Like what is the ACU in a vacuum? Because like, I think maybe in a couple of years, we look back and say, damn, Joe Golding just knew what to do, like he mentioned, right? And maybe ACU isn't a team that's a whack contender year in, year out, right? Maybe somebody like, maybe someplace like Tarleton, closer to dfw right it's a little bit more of a a, you can kind of get talent out there a little bit easier maybe maybe that's a little bit of an easier place to win uh sfa right they have the history they've done it for multiple head coaches now um on the men and women's side maybe ac maybe joe golding was somebody who was able to do something unique that's not necessarily you know uh, uh, it's not like Duke, or it's just like, oh yeah, after Sheshewski should be able to roll in and keep in recruiting classes and you know top 25 teams or whatever. Um, I don't know. I, I I think for now that discussion does need to happen, but I think the further we get past the Joe Golding era, I wonder if that's a discussion we kind of have about that program.
1: Yeah. And Golding, like I said, is on watch for 2025, last year seven and thirteen. Yeah. Um, again, similar to Tanner, Tanner takes over year one with previous coaches, players, BNME, Boom, Kennedy, Verhoeven, like a whole, I think, we, what did we say? The starting five all transferred and went to play for, start at a P5 school the next year, something right. like that. Like Basically. Sule Boom, obviously, uh, and all those players. And so then it went from that to clean house. And we we thought it was more so of, all right, you clean house from those you know guys who just want to play offense and you get guys mm-hmm. that want to play defense or you get guys that fit your culture and Which for was the, true.
0: the time for a period of time looked okay this year. Like they, they yeah. looked, I'll say this early in the year, they looked as good as we thought this team would be.
1: I bought their stock um, five games into the season. 100%. I bought the stock. 100%.
0: 100%. And the
1: stock was not good, it was not good. Stock they beat Cal and I watched the, well, I beat them. I watched them beat UC Santa Barbara and I watched them beat Cal. And I was like, This is what Joe Golden wants. I remember saying that this is the team they want. They have versatile scores, they have Zid Powell, Tay Hardy, Solomon, Fraser, like Camper, all these guys that make a yeah. lot of sense, and then they hit a wall, and now they are four and six in Conference USA, and it's a Conference USA that, in theory, if you just lined me up these programs one through, I think there's yeah. nine or something. If you just line them up, I'd say UTEP every year should be in the top four at the very least, like Liberty, LaTeX, Tech, so. Middle, maybe western like those are fine programs but like utep should be in that conversation yes and they're not
0: and they haven't here's the thing they haven't had a win streak in conference yet like at like they have not had they have not won back-to-back games in conference or sorry they've won once sorry they've won once yeah once and And that is it everything else lost win lost win lost lost with like there's been no sustainability anywhere and like i mean again whether who who we blame on this. I don't know. Somebody like Tay Hardy. It's kind of falling off a cliff a bit. Like yeah. he has not been the guy that he was to start the year. And it's not like his teams were known for pretty offense before that. <laughs> um, Yeah. But he's, he's been better recently. Tay Hardy has, but he had a stretch where, let me see, 26%, 29%, 33% right from the floor. Um So again, yeah, it's been – I think that's been the most frustrating part about this season is that we saw what this team could do a little bit yeah. um, at its peak. And, yeah, when you think they would have been getting better, they haven't been. Yeah.
1: All right. That's all we got for you all today. Um, I was going to ask you, um, in lieu of the uh, new NCAA football game, looks like it's actually mm-hmm. coming out, I was going to ask if there was an NCAA basketball game, which team would you want to play with? This year in Texas, obviously.
0: This year in Texas.
1: Which of the Texas Ooh. teams would you want to play? The men's team. Let's let's do oh, only the men's Oh, it's teams. gotta be
0: tech. It's gotta be tech, right? Like yeah. as far as like running and just like playing come on, it's gotta be tech. It's gotta be tech. So <laughs> hold
1: on, I'm let gonna me be think. spamming
0: pop pop Isaacs. Would he be that player who had like the perfect shooting form in the game? Yeah. And just like if you just get green on it, just money every single time, yeah. no matter who's in his face. So I'd, be I'd
1: i'd go baylor i think
0: yeah i think baylor would be second for me
1: i think i'd go baylor um i like that that's an interesting one i'm thinking about all the teams in my head right now uh <laughs> yes yeah, i'm like that and then if the second question i had was if you had if it was uh dynasty mode and you had to take over a program other than State, which one are you taking over
0: yeah that's a fun one. Which program am I taking over?
1: Who do you got? Are you? you I'm. I first thing I thought of was bringing UTEP back to glory.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> honestly, that'd be a fun one. That'd be a fun one. Uh
1: I could man, also recruit California if I'm at UTEP, Arizona, yeah. Las Vegas. You that's know, they got good, some. Players yeah, that's in. good. Got to yeah, think about the recruiting name. regions too. You do. You do. You do.
0: I You know what? I'm taking over UTA. Okay. UTR I like UTA. that. Let's get UTA back up.
1: Yeah, good arena, good, arena good, location. good
0: location. Good, you're the only one in the whack, or one of the only ones in the whack. So I'll, I'll take it. I'll take. I'll take UTA. Bring yeah. them back up. Okay, that's good. Like NBA, they, they need to bring back. Uh, I don't know if you play the college hoops 2K games. Those are my favorite. I still play so no. We've
1: we talked about this before. I played yes, NBA did. 09, EA Sports NTA okay. 09 with yes. Kevin Love on the front. I had those. <laughs> I, my cool. team was Vermont i got the catamounts okay, i have okay. like 10 years under the catamounts and i was grinding like literally over the past literally 10 years no longer since 09 yeah. i've ha- played at least 10 years with the virginia catamounts or uh, the vermont catamounts and vermont i catamounts. will say the only I thing i would that. change is i'm i would i'm used to make it to where they couldn't leave i had to use all they had to spend all four years of their college all life. four years yeah, you couldn't you couldn't go through it's the like draft. i am
0: recruiting to have you for a year Yeah,
1: there's no draft. If I did that now, I would let them leave because it. I was stacking, dudes, just just (laughs) stacking four stars and three stars and five stars on top. I'd get the occasional five, and I'd be going crazy because I built them up. Yeah, but um, yeah. So that's I had those questions, and there we go.
0: That's excellent. That's awesome. All right.
1: <laughs> um, but yeah, thank y'all for joining us. Uh follow us on Twitter, on TikTok, uh Zone Star State on TikTok, uh, DCT basketball on Twitter. Uh, if you're listening on the audio side, leave us a five star rating and review. Uh subscribe to the YouTube if you haven't already. Uh thank y'all for joining us and we will talk to y'all later.